On today's episode of Double Down Trent, in what appears to be one of our most listened to episodes, we recount the bloodbath that was week number eight. Eight. The podcast went one and seven collectively in our picks, and it is time to move forward. So with that, we welcome on our insider, Coulter, as well as our Patriots insider, Bill Hughes, to make some picks for week number nine. There is a lot of action here. There's crossfires. There's some really good games on the docket, including at least three or four that fall right into the Vegas zone of three and a half to five and a half point spreads. We're looking at specifically the Seahawks and the Bills. Can the Bills bounce back? I know they won, but they didn't cover last week. Tough spot taking on a hot Seahawks team. And then we have some serious debates about Tua and the Dolphins and whether or not they can cover and win against the Cardinals. So a lot of action here for week number nine. Stay tuned for episode 85 of Double Down Trent. Double Down Trent, you might want to tune in. Talking gambling and sports, predicting who might win. Pop culture to movies. Let's start up the combo. Ryan and Aaron, man versus the motto. Keep it authentic and it's always live. So competitive, so you know it's always hype. Make sure you subscribe. Trust you don't want to miss. Going all in here on Double Down Trent. Hey, yeah. Double Down Trent, let's go. This is Double Down Trent. All right, welcome to Double Down Trent, the podcast where two elementary school buddies are talking sports, gambling, and pop culture. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host, as always. Joining me tonight, my co-host, Aaron, Mr. Model. How are you doing tonight, man, man? One word, bloodbath. That's what sums it up for week eight for me. Uh, I'm barely coming out alive. I'm just that, I'm, I'm, I'm that Shawshank Redemption where I'm just crawling out of the, <laughs> the sewer covered in shit just <laughs> barely going uh but that's the thing I, I there's a little bit of life left and i'm ready for week nine and to forget everything that happened in week eight because it did not go well yeah it was ugly we uh also joined tonight by our insider coulter how are things for you in week eight man yeah i was much better a lot of infuriating games especially the four o'clock slate where i went over three on those three and a half lines whenever you get your teeth kicked in like that you feel bad i mean luckily i had the broncos winning that in that crazy comeback against the chargers which is really nice and then the eagles got me back to 500 with that uh easy win on sunday night that we talked about last week then of course your giants had to stick it to me on monday night football they make sure i didn't go above 500 this week so i also was definitely unhappy with my position after we gave for sure yeah, mine was uh, hideous. That's what I'll say, hideous, okay? <laughs> I lost, I think, three games by half a point. And then for the big spread games where the Jets were getting 19 and a half and the Giants were getting 10 and a half, I was on the wrong side of both of them. I'm like, you know what? 19 and a half for the Jets. I know they suck, but that's a lot of points. And then the other side, I'm like, you know what? The Bucks are going to blow the Giants out and just uh, completely wrong on both of those. And then not what? to mention the Giants didn't even win. Exactly. And so, like, I had the same experience with the Eagles game two weeks ago where it's like this roller coaster. It's like, hey, you know what? If you're not going to cover, at least fucking win the game. And then they can't even do that. It's just it's getting so frustrating as a Giants fan. Their defense is surprisingly not bad. and It's keeping them, the, them in these games. I have to give them a lot of credit on the defensive side of the ball because I've gotten so many games wrong where they've had huge spreads. They were laying a big or they were getting a big number against the Rams and the Cowboys and other bucks. Every time I've gone against them, they're actually one of my worst teams in our pool that we're doing. Uh, they're in my bottom five. I just, 
for some reason I fade New York thinking that defense is like what it was last year where there's can get blown out and they can't compete because Jones is a turnover machine. But in reality, it's like the defense is not only the best unit on that team. They're also like, they're making up for the fact that Jones is really a turnover machine. I'd like to see this team with a clean quarterback. Imagine they had like Aaron Rodgers, like giants. I mean, well, obviously I think any team could be elevated, but let's just say they had, I don't know, mediocre quarterback who doesn't turn the ball over as much. I would like to see that team because I feel like the giants can be probably four and four. Honestly, the defense is really not that bad. Yeah, completely agree. And just a quick aside here about the defense defensive coordinator for the New York giants, Patrick Graham. Okay. Richmond spider alum. So when I was playing there and then when I switched over to be a coaching assistant, Patrick Graham was the youngest coach on the staff. He was like the low man on the totem pole. So him and I were in the room a lot doing scout team breakdowns. So we were actually like pretty close. Not, I wouldn't say friends cause obviously he was a coach and I was still technically a student, but I think he was only like three years older than me. And we did a lot of breakdown together. So me watching this has been awesome because that defense is flying around with really, I mean, they're, they're still lacking a lot of talent at some major spots like linebacker, the second corner safety, even. So they're really missing a lot of talent. And the fact that they're in these games is really a testament to my guy, Patrick Graham. So let's go spiders. Go spiders. My parents are alumni too. I love that Richmond shout out. Go Hell spiders. yeah. Hell yeah. Now let's go to the ugly two. Okay. We were talking about this before we hit record. I think it's time for us to t- you know put this out here on the airways we have a breakdown in our pool uh, that we're in this, this office pool where we pick every game. And I told you guys, I am O and eight picking the, the bears, the Chicago bears. I'm O and eight, which is just <laughs> out fucking rages. Matt Nagy. I can't get a read on him. And I was saying this before every time I'm like these, the bears team, they're terrible. I'm fucking betting against them. They come out, they win, they're scrappy, they cover. And then the exact opposite happens. I'm like, you know what? I'm taking the bears. And then they go out and just get embarrassed. So last week I'm thinking the saints are going to blow the doors off these guys. I, I thought it was gonna be a seven, 10 point win. Of course they win by a field goal. It was a three and a half, I think point spread, right? So lose by half a point fucking bears. And I thought I had a bone to pick with Matt Nagy. He must be your public enemy. I would, I honestly, if you lose again then this week, we'll get to who you're on in that game because we just have to know at this point. Yep. Uh, if you lose again, you have to create like some sort of like Twitter account where you're just trolling <laughs> Matt Nagy and, and something about spreads and, and that because that's just brutal. I think that's fair. Uh, Mr. Mono, I actually got one for you here that I think is quite the interesting stat. Uh-huh. You're talking about the Cowboys last week said that they're 0-7 against the spread. And I said, hey, is that something to look at? You said, yeah, maybe not, right? But you then said bet against them last week. What were you seeing there? And then when you're done, I've got a little stat for you. You know, I just think that's an absolute dumpster fire. And I think with the stat that you mentioned, 7, the sample size, like you can't do anything with that. It's more just going to be based on feel and gut anyway. And I think you have that team heading in the absolute wrong direction. And I didn't like the line that we uh, that they had gotten in our pool, not to mention with what I was seeing in the market. So to me, it was an obvious fade those Cowboys as much as possible and uh, just enjoy that win, which actually came through. Yeah. And what I was going to tell you, uh, they're now 0-8 against the spread. OK, if you are just doing two things in, in gambling NFL and fading the Cowboys and the Jets, OK, if you're just betting against those two teams, you are 15 and one against the spread. So I guess wow. you just have to keep on doing that, right? <laughs> wow. It makes you feel bad that we we should each have 
at the very least, like enough funds to fund like a private beach vacation for three or four <laughs> days, winning off parlays of fading Cowboys and Jets. I mean, we follow the league pretty closely and we, we know the trends. So it definitely makes you feel kind of stupid that you just don't file that every single week. Fade Jets, fade uh, Cowboys. Uh, it's been a recipe for success. Yeah, I think that's what I'm just going to do from here on out. Okay, I'm just going to try it until they burn me because, I mean, why not? They're both historically bad. The Cowboys are now potentially starting their fourth different quarterback in four consecutive weeks. You can't be any good. You can't be good in this league if you have that inconsistent in your quarterback spot. Coulter, do you think Jay Danucci should stick around at quarterback or do you think it's a smart move to go to somebody else? Isn't it Ben DiNucci? Ben DiNucci, Jay Ben at Etsy. <laughs> Nobody even knows. I just find it hard to believe, though, that they're going to be now going to the, the fourth quarterback and somehow have a chance to even be competitive in this. So I, I don't know, Colter. I mean, it, it just seems strange to me. Sorry, I lost internet there. No, you're all good. We can edit that out. Um, okay. Just jump in and pick it up with DiNucci. Okay. Yeah. Ben and Nucci. I actually think they're, they're better off changing and seeing what they've got with Garrett Gilbert. Um, it seems to me like that nobody really believes in Danucci in the locker room. So I think they might as well go with the guy who's been a pro and, and why not? I mean, this is going to be a brutal game for whoever you throw back there. You got Pittsburgh, that defense. I will say, I do think there is a trend. I didn't find it this morning, but there is a trend where Pittsburgh is lackadaisical when they're this big of a favorite under Tomlin. I would just throw that as I'm, I'm best betting Pittsburgh in our pool just because there's too much value. But I, I do think uh, I would just warn, warn people that there might be just some little bit of fatigue for the Steelers on the defense. But I do think that this is the right call. Danucci didn't inspire anything on, on uh, Sunday night. The Eagles were terrible uh, and they still got blown out. Yeah, still that division. it's just so bad. It's getting harder and harder to watch each week. Now, I do want to welcome in. Our special correspondent, our New England Patriot insider, Bill Hughes. Bill, tough loss, but I think you handicapped it pretty good. What's going on, boys? Uh, yeah, you know, it was it was probably a tough loss too, just because it it seemed like the game was like there for the taking at some to some degree. Um, but at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, I, I think we saw what the the Pats' flaw is, which is that they just don't have a consistent offense uh, when they need it. And, you know, they're susceptible to the turnover more than they've probably ever been in the Belichick era. Uh, and it, it burned them on this one. I think, uh, you know, you'd like to have Cam keep it a little high and tight, uh, a little ball security there at the end. But um, but this has kind of been how it's gone for them. And, and ultimately, how it's probably going to go the rest of the year where you know, I think they're good enough to be in games. I don't know if they have a quarterback good enough uh, to win the game when it matters. You know, it's those championship rounds. Uh, you used to have a guy who did it pretty, pretty successfully. Um, and now you got a guy who just can't seem to find the confidence to, uh, to hit open receivers. And, um, I don't know. <clears throat> it was, it was a good game though. Uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those, one of those tough division matchups. Um, but I did say that I knew they needed to score 20 or I thought they needed to score 28. They almost got there. Um, but the bills, the other thing is the bills have not looked good. So I, that's, that's more of the takeaway I thought from the Pats game was maybe the bills aren't that good. Um, you know, I think Josh Allen has kind of struggled the last couple weeks, uh, obviously, you know, for anybody who plays fantasy, um, I think he was, you know, pretty much riding as high as you possibly could and has been pretty pedestrian the last couple of weeks. Um, so they're going to need him to be great in order for them to be, uh, at their potential. Cause their defense is not, not 
not stellar. Yeah, and they've got a big matchup this week. I'm sure we'll probably get to it against the Seahawks there. We'll see what Josh Allen has got, um, but that's a tough one. Bill, i got to ask you, though. You went on record. You won the crossfire bet. Does that make it feel any better? <laughs> I mean, it always does to, uh, to feel like you can scrape a little bit out of a loss, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I mean, it was it would have been nice to get the win. Uh, I was not – I did not – I stayed away from it from a betting perspective just because, I mean, you just don't know what you're going to get with the Pats at this point in the game, but um, – but yeah, it was uh, it was nice to get get a few bucks in the old Venmo account. I do always appreciate that. Hey, any kind of crossfire <laughs> win is cash in the pocket. That feels good. Coulter, you lost it by half a point. I think you were pretty close in your handicap as well. Care to address the game? No, I I, I think I was way off. Honestly, I, I that's the last time I'm going to just do a blind handicap on motivation because I don't think that actually matters as much as I think I was building in there. Uh, I think Will had it right. I mean. We had a team that wanted to run the football in New England, and they did so effectively in the second half. They didn't. They were kind of all over the place in the first half, but I think they were, uh, Harris was a game changer. And I just think Buffalo can't gain margin on anybody. I think they're just they're not that good of a team. It, as Hughes was just saying, you know, that's really it. I mean, that's what it comes down to is they played it close. I, I I'm happy to pay up on that one because I just I think I had the wrong handicap. They didn't. They didn't want to stick it to them. They just wanted to win the game, and I think that's what it came down to. Uh, I still don't think New England's very good. I don't think Buffalo is a team that you can bet on in that kind of a spot um, where you have a desperate uh, New England team. And the biggest thing takeaway for Buffalo in that game is how injured was New England. I mean, they no Gilmore. Jackson got hurt in the, the corner. How about you take a couple shots with digs deep and just air it out and make things happen? They, they were conservative. I know it was a weather game, but I, I, I'm not making excuses for myself. I'm actually just kind of throwing shade on the Bills because I feel like they, I still feel like they should have won that game by a billion points. If it was yeah. me coaching, I would have made sure that we beat New England by 25. Well, and I think that's part of it too. I think there is, I mean, I think there's some PTSD with this coaching staff and just with the Bills in general from how it's gone uh, over the last, you know, I guess 20 years uh, for the most part. And so I do think that there's, there's a tentativeness that you see when the bills are good. The second they have to play the Pats, it seems like they revert back to like this, like, Oh my God, I don't really know what we should do. Uh, how do, how do we play the game? How do we approach it? Um, and it's probably been my only rub on, on the, the, the current coaching staff that they have there. I mean, it's just that they don't seem to know how to you know show up for some of these big games against the Pats. They seem to play well against other people, but um, but it will be interesting to see how they bounce back this week. Because, again, I think they'll actually put up some points on Seattle. I, Seattle's defense is another one that's been kind of touch and go. Played really well last week, obviously. Um, but, you know, at the same time, has been susceptible. I mean, the Pats put up points against them. Uh, so it could be a get back, get back on track game for the Bills. Uh, we'll see if their defense shows up. Yeah. I mean, they're playing the Jets, so if they can't get back against the Jets, then cancel the season. <laughs> oh, no. Pats are, ba- Pats are back. Pats are winning this one big. Don't, you, you, you can mail it in. Um, I was more talking the Bills-Seahawks game um, where you got to – I would bet heavily on, on Seahawks. I, I, I just – I do not see a Buffalo team that can hang offensively with a juggernaut like Seattle. Like, I, I don't want to go against a team like Buffalo that I think has a great roster, but I really just – from what I saw in that one game, I was watching it very closely. I do not trust this team as a favorite. And I, I quite frankly, don't really trust them to play from behind with Allen. He's just way too inconsistent. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Mr. Model, let's stay in the AFC East because we had Tua. And I threw out the stat last week that quarterbacks making their first uh, start over the past two seasons, 11 and four. 
Tua got the cover and the outright win. I know you can't really put too much into Tua's performance because he didn't really you know win or lose the game. But you were on the the, the Rams in that game, Mister Model. What, what did you think about that one? I was on the wrong side of that game, and that one definitely stung. My takeaway from that game was that there was a huge amount of variance. So you saw some really high leverage plays that happened that you can't always count on. So what, there was a, either a kickoff return or a punt return for a touchdown. Yep. If I remember correctly, there was a, a huge fumble recovery, also returned for a touchdown by Miami's defense. And then Tua was pretty pedestrian on offense. I think he was something like 14 for 24 and you know, for a hundred and something yards. So nothing flashy or, you know, amazing to me. I think if you play that game a hundred times, I think the variance is definitely going to decrease and you're not going to get those insane plays. I think the Rams play much better, but for this one time, yeah, it wasn't shocking to see uh, the dolphins come through and actually win that one. Yeah. And Coulter, what do you make about uh, Brian Flores? I mean, I think we discussed that this was the, the Super Bowl model when he was the coordinator on the, the Patriots, and they pretty much did the exact same thing to Jared Goff in this game. I was actually really happy with myself on that one because I switched it to Dolphins uh, after we recorded the pod. I took my own advice on that one and, and ended up actually on the right side. So I was very pleased with that. But to Mr. Model's uh, point, though, in the high variance scheme, those plays that he was talking about, the fumble return, the punt return, they happened all within like a really quick time period. I think it was 10 minutes, 10 minutes in the second quarter. Uh, and then it was like a minute and 15 seconds later, uh, Grant returned the punt. And then they scored uh, late in the second quarter again. So they scored 21 uh, points in the second quarter, 28 unanswered. At that point, the Rams were kind of just shell shocked. I think it was a bad scheduling spot for them too, with all the travel, like we pointed out. So I was happy to be on the dolphins, but I agree wholeheartedly that uh, the dolphins are a team. I might look to fade because I think that game is a totally misleading uh, box score. Yep. Now I only have one thing for us to do here, Mr. Model, before we move on. Okay. This, this was such a bad week for all of us in our picks here. I think the only thing we do is we take the tape of the game and we burn it. We don't even watch it in the film room. <laughs> We're not even going to look back at this anymore. That week is over. The carnage is done. It's time to move on. Okay. So let's look ahead to week number nine and let's just focus on making better picks going forward. Woosa, my friend, Woosa. <laughs> so let's go over the slate of games that we got here on the uh, man versus model challenge. All right. So we'll talk about the games first, and then we'll go over the standings that we're coming into with week nine. Uh, some pretty good matchups that we have coming up. Uh, the first one, we have Tennessee Titans are home against those Chicago Bears that Kazalik cannot seem to get correct. We'll see if he can pull together and get that one uh, accurate in our weekly challenge. Uh, the second game may be the best game, if not second best game of the weekend. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers home against the New Orleans Saints. Tampa Bay is favored by five and a half. In the third game, uh, maybe the best game of the, this weekend, Indianapolis Colts are home against those Baltimore Ravens. Currently, uh, the Colts are a home underdog of three and a half points. Fourth game, we talked a little bit about already, the Seattle Seahawks travel to the Buffalo Bills. Uh, the Seattle is a favorite, currently locked in at minus two and a half. And then the last game that we have that I have on schedule for this weekend, the Arizona Cardinals are home against those Miami Dolphins with two of starting. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals are the favorite there at minus four and a half. 
There's some really interesting games on the slate this week. Um, that Cardinals Dolphins game, I think actually has more juice than a lot of people thought it was going to maybe even three, four weeks ago. So that's interesting to me. Um, but then, like we said, the the Seahawks and the Bills, we're going to see who the Bills are. Is Josh Allen really going to be this kind of inconsistent up and down quarterback or is he ready to take the step? So a lot to find out. This is the week where we separate the men from the boys. And uh, I'll, I'll admit that that Seahawks game may be coming up to uh, be discussed as we go through our key and non-key picks here in a little bit. Ooh, uh, I like it. I like it. Uh, OK, let's go over the standings because they are tight. They are tight. Kudos. Shout out. M. Kaslay continuing to be the leader in the clubhouse. She is up to 24 points and is starting to distance herself from second and third place. Uh, Hannibal is currently in second place, uh, standalone. Um, he is up to 22 points, so two points behind M. Kaslay. And then in third place, we have a tie, R. Smith 2070, and the man, you, Ryan, both at 21 points, so not too far behind. Still close. Lots of moving pieces. Kudos to M. Kaslay, who's still leading the, the competition here. Yeah, I was joking that my sister Megan is on fire and, you know, I need to just get in touch with her. It's it's serious. I'm, I'm no longer joking, okay? I'm having her tell me everything that she's picking, and I am absolutely blindly betting it. Put that on the record, folks. <laughs> uh, um, okay, well. Let's turn our attention now to the podcast picks here. Um, I think since Mr. Bill Hughes, you won the the only crossfire pick. I'm going to let you take it away here. So why don't you give us your first pick of week number nine? All right. So I'm ready. I I, I think that this might tease something that might be people want to talk about, but I'm going with the Buffalo Bills and I'm taking the, I'm going to take the points because I do think they bounce back. I think the Bills win this game. This is one of those weird Bills games. I'm telling you. It's going to be a strange environment for them. They're going to need, I don't want to say it feels like a must win, but they got to get back on track. I do think they have the weapons against the Seattle defense that, I mean, looked like heroes last week, but I just don't think has been uh, that good. So I'm, I'm rolling with the bills um, at home. Mr. Model, you look like you're pretty, uh, pretty happy to see that. What do you think? Oh my God. Get me a crossfire pick as quickly as possible. I am all in. Give me those Seattle Seahawks <laughs> minus two and a half. And then some, I, this is my key pick of the week. I am exactly opposite of Hughes here. Um, I love Seattle in this spot, even though it's a pretty big travel. Um, this is an offense that is ranked third in DVOA overall coming in at absolute studs. I think the defense is going to continue to improve for Seattle. They're currently ranked 21st. Um, Seattle overall is ranked seventh in DVOA. When you combine special teams, offense and defense, compare that to Buffalo, who is down at 13th um, with a decent offensive rank. Their defense is down ranked 23rd right now and 11th at special teams. Um, as I look to the market, something else that I also use, this has ticked up to three in a lot of spots already. I wouldn't be shocked to see it settle in at three or possibly even get to Seattle minus three and a half. I love them in the spot. They are my key pick this week. I fully expect to see Seattle run gangbusters all over those Buffalo Bills. Oh, you love to see a crossfire at the first pick of the week. Love it. Coulter, what do you think? Yeah, I'm not going to crossfire here. I do have uh, the Seahawks in our pool just because I think I promised you guys like maybe at like 430 on Sunday afternoon, I was definitely not going to pick the Bills <laughs> next week after they burned me. Um, a few things, though. 
that as we went over the, the weather factor last week, I think did play into that. So I don't know which bills team we truly saw. So I'm not going to bet another $10 because I think that that weather factor does create quite an unknown uh, for me about how built, how bad the bills really are. I don't think they're great. That's why I'm on Seattle side. So I definitely side with the model. I like uh, all the DVOA stuff he mentioned. I'm a little hesitant to pull the trigger though, just because I, I don't exactly know what Buffalo is. I just, I don't trust them after getting burned last week. I will say this 27 out of 31 people picked the bills in our pool last week. So, wow. They burned not just us, but pretty much everybody. Uh, so the reason why I put point that out there is, is that they were really burned. The Titans were one of those teams too, that burned a lot of people when that happens, there is a big fade of those teams. So I think Hughes might be getting uh, some good value. And, and and Mr. Model did just say something there where if you could find a plus three and a half with Buffalo at home with a team going across country, I, I'd take Buffalo plus three and a half because that's crossing a key number in a good spot. Um, but I, for the pool, I'm going to take the Seahawks because I just don't trust Buffalo at this point. I am joining Mr. Model on the crossfire bet. I'm sorry, Bill. I got to take the other side here. Um, I, what I saw from the Patriots, I, I think you're. It, there's no argument that the Seahawks offense is significantly better than the Patriots offense. We saw. I know it's a division matchup, but the Patriots hung in three points. I think Seattle has got to be worth at least three or four more points offensively than what you're seeing with the Patriots. So I'm taking them for that reason. I'm also uh, going to try and start making picks uh, of, of road teams. I don't care if they're the, the favorite or the underdog. I'm looking at road teams a lot recently, and they are doing really well against the spread. I don't know if it's that the markets are still overvaluing the home field advantage, uh, given the crowds. I just have noticed that road teams have been doing a lot better. So I like Seattle on the road here. Cross firing with Bill. <laughs> I like it. I mean, I'll take the double. I will say, I mean, I, we, I was duped on the Rams last week as well. And watching that game, they looked like they did not – they weren't awake. Like, I mean, the, the start of the game, this is another 1 o'clock East Coast time zone game for a West Coast team. We're at that point in the season where people are feeling the grind. I, I don't know. I mean, I, it, this feels like a good spot for the Bills. I, I think the Bills definitely have – and they've shown that they can put up points. Um, I think if this if this turns into a shootout, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not upset having, having Josh Allen and, and Diggs – uh, running around and, and trying to put up some points against the Seattle team. But, um, but I'm excited to see Sunday now. Now it's going to be a little wrinkle, a double crossfire rare. It's rare folks. <laughs> All right, Coulter, why don't you give us your first pick? You know, what? I, I'm going to go on the record and just call my shot here. I, I bet my pick here is going to inspire another crossfire. Um, oh. this week I'm not, I'm not going to try to do anything, uh, too crazy. I think I went way too ego driven with the Titans and the bills last week and was just kind of going from the hip. I'm going from the, the numbers. I have eight teams in our pool that I'm really, really good at picking with chiefs, Raiders, jets, Rams, Ravens, Packers, football team, and dolphins. Those are the teams I'm getting right. Those are the teams I have a good feel for. I'm five and two or better against the spread in this pool against those eight teams. I'm going best bet. Number one, my best team on the year Chiefs minus 10 and a half at home against Carolina. Now hear me out on this one. Andy Reed had essentially what is a bye week playing against the JV jets last week. If you're going to treat this situation as Andy Reed coming off a bye week, I love him preparing for what is a college coaching staff in Carolina 
that's only been getting worse and worse as the season's been going on. I don't think that win against Arizona in, back, I think, in week three is anything to get excited about. I think everybody overreacted to that. They caught the Chargers, who aren't very good in a bad spot, playing after they played Kansas City. I just think that their their quality wins are being overinflated, and I think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. Ten and a half is a fine number for me. I'll take it. Uh, they're at home, as I just said. They play the Jets, so they're I think they're healthy up front on the offensive line. And quite frankly, what I love most about this, and why I think they're actually going to gain margin in this game, is I think they're. And I know I got in trouble with this motivation factor last week, but I think they're properly motivated to chase the Steelers in the AFC. Let's not forget that the Chiefs have a loss. The Steelers do not. They want to have the playoffs and go through Arrowhead again. Why Why would this team just not play their hardest against Carolina? This is not a team that they should be taking lightly. This is a young upstart team. They're not just going to be like, oh, you know, let's start playing for next week's team. No, they just did that with the Jets. They had an easy game. Carolina should be taken seriously. The Chiefs will take them seriously. They're going to prepare for this team. And quite frankly, all it takes is for Kansas City to jump out to a 10-0 lead in this game, and I love that situation. Teddy Bridgewater trailing is no different than any of these other guys that I pick on. I don't like him in a situation where he's down double-digit points. And what do the Chiefs do better than any other team in the league? They put their opponents in situations that they do not do not want to be in and where they cannot come back from. That's what's going to happen on Sunday. I think the Chiefs jump out early. I think they keep that lead. I think they're building towards another Super Bowl. This is a front office, as we talked about a couple of weeks ago with Brett Beach and Andy Reid. This is the best uh, GM coach duo in the league. The Panthers are a nice story, but they're still laying the foundation to their team. This is the first year under Matt Rule. Give me the team that's a veteran team. I think there's going to be a lot of people backing the Panthers because of the big number and CMC being back. I'll fade all that action. I don't think he's going to get a full workload. I like the Chiefs' defense against the Panthers' offense. That's really what it comes down to. I think the Chiefs' defense is an underrated unit. I've been saying it all year. And quite frankly, I have a good feel for this team. I'm 7-1 picking the spread against them. I know this team. I like them. 10.5. That's my best bet, number one. Mr. Model, what do you think? Yeah, I don't feel strongly about this game. When I look at it, I, too, I'm also on the Kansas City Chiefs at minus 10.5. Um, I like that spot. I, I will likely stay there through the through the weekend when the games lock in. Um, I guess the one, my one takeaway is when I look at DVOA, there's a 17, uh, a 19-team difference in how these two teams are rated. KC is rated number two overall in DVOA when you combine offense, defense, and special teams, whereas Carolina is all the way down at 21. Um, their defense is really suffering at ranked 25th overall in de- defensive DVOA. I agree with Coulter's uh, handicap here. I like the Chiefs in this spot. I, too, will likely be taking them minus 10.5. Okay, staying away from the big number. Bill, you uh, joining on? Yeah. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you. I think the Chiefs roll here. I think better potentially get distracted by the Christian McCaffrey uh, coming back. I don't think it moves the needle at all. I think the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs and the Steelers, I, you know, similar to Coulter said, I think they're, they're both neck and neck for who's going to be the leader in the clubhouse, um, you know, going into the playoffs. And I think the Chiefs have a, you know, I think, I don't want to say they've shaken the post Super Bowl hangover that I thought they had a little bit. I think it's still going to pop up from here from time to time. This just doesn't seem like a team that's going to give them a lot of trouble. I, I don't, I don't see it. Um, yeah, I do like Matt rule. I do. I have liked the Panthers in different spots this year, but I, I don't love them here. I would roll with the Chiefs as well. Yeah. Unfortunately, Colter, there's no crossfire here. I'm, I'm with you as well. Uh, I'm on the Chiefs 
So I, I, I chased I everybody off with my seven and one Chiefs record in the, <laughs> yeah, in the pool. Seriously. But I popped out my chest and was like, "This is my top dog. Go against me." <laughs> For me, though, it's, it's it's almost as much of a I don't like Carolina as it is I like the Chiefs. I, I was on Carolina on the Thursday night game against the Falcons at home, and, and they just laid an egg in that one. I guess you could say Thursday night's been just chaotic. You can't maybe put too much stock in Thursday nights. We've covered that in the past. But to me, that Carolina team is trending in the wrong direction. I think they came out at the start of the season with a little pop. Uh, it's faded. They're, they're just not a good team. And I, I think you're right with Matt Rule. Uh, and even Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator, I think they need more time to develop that offense. Uh, even if they do get Christian McCaffrey back, like like Hughes was saying, I, I still don't think that's enough for that number to, to change here. We just saw the Chiefs put up, what, 40-something against the, the Jets. I know the Jets are the worst team in the league, but is, is Carolina's defense really all that much better than the Jets? I mean, I, I don't think they are, which is saying something. So I could see the Chiefs win this game by 20 easily, in, in my opinion. That's just me. Now, I do want to go on the record for my picks, okay? Because there are two easy picks out here on the board. And like I said, fade the Jets, fade the Cowboys. I'm not touching those games, even though those are easy picks, okay? So I just want to tell you guys, if this was like some kind of gymnastics competition, the degree of difficulty that I'm going for needs to be accounted for something here, okay? (laughs) Just let the record show. (laughs) Yeah, we should mention, too, the Vikings game is like an easy line, too. There's there's some games that are just like easy pickings this week in our pool because of the COVID factors. Like, I even think the Thursday night game is you could say is best bet material now with green Bay. I, I have a whole handicap for that too. Cause it's a yep. bad number. I'd, there's I'd all, there's all those. Uh, for my, we're here, to, we're here to make a challenge, right? That's right. This is going to be a little difficult. So I, I don't want to be picking the easy games here. I'm picking some slightly difficult games. Uh, I'm taking the Vegas Raiders at the chargers. Uh, the biggest reason is I think the Raiders are a scrappy team here. We just saw them beat the Browns in a weather game. I think everyone was a little high on Cleveland, um, but we saw the, the the Raiders. Did they beat Tampa Bay or did they hang with Tampa Bay? I forget what's going on. Uh, same with the Saints. So I like them a lot. And again, the biggest reason I, I, I like this spot here is that I'm taking, I'm betting against Anthony Lynn. They have blown three or I think four now double digit leads. And I just don't know how that defense can make a significant change and stop the the Raiders offense. They're not like a juggernaut, the Raiders, but Anthony Lynn, I just can't trust him. So give me the Raiders uh, minus, or excuse me, plus one and a half. I, you know, I honestly like the value as you get the Raiders as a dog. And I don't think it's a bad travel spot per se. I think um, you get both teams coming back from the road. Um, The one thing I'm hesitant about is just, you definitely have the better number here. I don't like the Chargers uh, laying anything. In fact, I think it is a pick them now. Uh, Mr. Mala can probably confirm that. So the line move has gone in your direction there. I'm uh, a first go through of the line, uh, the lines in our pool. I actually ended up with uh, L.A. Um, because I thought they did look really good against the Broncos in the first half. And they've really competed against some good teams this year, uh, notably the Chiefs and the, and the Saints. But in reality, I think you're right. I think the Raiders are just the better side. They have a better uh, defense, I think. And, and quite frankly, I think they might have the better offense, even though Herbert's been great. Carr is in a contract year, so you have to remember that factor. I've told that to every person that's talked crap about the Raiders. You have to factor that in. That guy's playing balls to the wall every week. Waller might be the best offensive player in the game, and if he's not, Jacobs may be. Um, I didn't like what I saw from that Chargers run defense last week against the Broncos. I was watching that pretty close. I didn't think they were very good up front. 
So maybe Jacobs goes wild. Waller goes crazy because they don't have, you know, Derwin James there in the secondary. I like the pick overall. I think you and I, you convinced me first and I've convinced myself. I'm going to switch the pick and go with Vegas. Like it. Mr. Mono, what do you think? Yeah, so I'm, I'm a little torn on this one. So currently I am right now on Las Vegas. Uh, at plus one and a half, I liked the value that I saw, and you guys are exactly right. This pick has moved from uh, Vegas plus one and a half down to a pick'em currently in a lot of books. One of the things that surprised me, though, and kind of has made me hesitate, is when I have looked at DVOA. So overall, Las Vegas is ranked 24th in DVOA, which is lower than what I would have expected. They're the 13th best offense, 31st best defense, second Yikes. to last for defense. Yikes! When you look at uh, LA, they are 17th overall in DVOA, 11th best offense, 15th best defense. So very average in both of those. And that gave me some pause that they're home for this game and only favored by one and a half. After last week with uh, Vegas having a good showing on defense against the Cleveland Browns, that I was all in on them and I thought that they were going to carry and I liked the market movement. But when I see DVOA here, it gave me some pause. It hasn't been enough to change that, but I just wanted to mention it here. All right, that's fair. Hughes, what do you think, Raiders? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm actually gonna go. I this game's got me a little bit confused, but at the same time, uh, the Chargers have burned me a couple times this year. Uh, primarily, just you know, one based on the fact that they up blown several leads, um, but two. Uh, it's just like a team that I feel like should be better than it is. Like you watch them play and like, they just, they lack something. I, and I do think I agree. I, I was surprised the Raiders had a clap. I mean, their loss to the Pats was like a classic uh, letdown game after they had beat the chiefs. Like they've just been in some spots this year where they've won big games and haven't necessarily fully responded. I do think that this isn't the type of opponent that's going to uh, really pose a, you know, a huge like hurdle for them. Um, so I, I do think they win. I like, I like how Carr's been playing. I think the guy's been buried more times than maybe any quarterback that is pretty good in the league today. Um, and I think he deserves a lot of credit. Um, Gruden as well. I think, you know, there's, you know, he's obviously caricatured a lot. Um, but that team is, they, they show up, they play hard. Um, you know, it's it's funny. I'm probably not going to talk about the Giants game. Um, but, I mean, like, I'm on the Giants this week for similar reasons. I just like some of these scrappy teams, especially during COVID times uh, when you've got, you know, thin benches. Uh, and guys that are playing for jobs next year and stuff like that. So um, I'm on the uh, I'm on the Raiders as well. Nice, yeah. And then just for the stat, I, I looked it up here. The Chargers have blown th- three leads this year with a lead of at least 17 or more. I mean, that's Dan Quinn territory. Yeah. So can't I, can't be on a team uh, in a divisional game with that kind of a stat. You yeah. just can't. You know. I, I, I will say conspiracy theory though. Uh, what if the NFL wants Herbert in the playoffs? That would be the one thing. To just go full conspiracy. I feel like this is the game they rig. They get the Chargers to three and five, and all of a sudden the Chargers are in the hunt for that seventh spot, and they just want to get Herbert into that early weekend game just so they can put a little bit more shine on their rookie quarterback or have him and Burrow compete for that seventh spot. I don't know. I'm just kind of speaking off the cuff here, but that's just me conspiracy theory. I think, I mean, I, I might agree with that, except I just feel like they're a little ways away from that being an option. I just think yeah. if they'd won last year. They are. Year, you're they'd totally won, right. They if stay. they'd won a couple of these I mean, games, but like, yeah, like the two and five is just such a killer for them. And I mean, I got to imagine that, yeah, there's got to be some guys on that team too that, you know, are starting to think, I mean, 
Bose has been playing hurt a little bit this year. Um, you know, you guys, do guys start, when do guys start? That's the interesting thing about this season. When do guys start to think about next year? And when do guys start to think about like, okay, I got to start to protect myself a little bit here. Um, I mean, it happens every season, but I got to imagine with how many guys are dropping this year, how few practices and all this other stuff, there's going to be more vets that are going to start to start to do that math problem in their head of like, all right, do we really have a shot here? And some of these scrappy teams um, that with young guys, young quarterbacks, um, I just wonder that, that without having some veteran defensive presence, the Chargers really don't have much on defense. Yep. And the Chargers traded away a guy this week too. I don't know if that's you saw true. that. They're, they're they're corner, right? Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was a weird falling out too. He was really good a couple of years ago. I, was, I don't know if it was two years ago that he was, he was amazing pro. two years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and that, yeah, that was that, and that's, that's another one where, I mean, you saw the draft pick compensation. It was clear that they just wanted him gone, uh, and, and that it was just time to, time to move on. Cause what the chiefs give up a seventh, maybe conditional sixth or something. Yeah. I think it was something not, like it was, that. It was not much. Yeah. Not a value pick. Okay. Mr. Model, you gave us your key pick already. So why don't you give us uh, your, your non key pick? Yep. So for my non key pick this week, I'm going with another road team. I'm taking Houston minus six and a half against those Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, there's a couple things happening here. Uh, so number one, uh, Jacksonville is not starting uh, Mustache Minshew. He is out this game with an injury, I believe, to his shoulder. So they're going to be starting a rookie quarterback in Jake Luton, I think, out of Oregon State. This guy has never thrown an NFL pass, to my knowledge. You know, he may have been good in, in college, but uh, I think this NFL is going to be a whole different ball game, and we'll see how he does uh, in this first week. So while the Houston defense is not all that great, Bob, I think they'll be able to kind of get enough chaos going to keep Luton uh, contained a little bit. The second reason I like this game is obviously just following the market and seeing kind of where trends are heading. This game has already moved up from six and a half to seven in a lot of spots. I like to see that that's moving in the right direction, in my opinion. And then the third thing I always go to is a DVOA. Houston overall is ranked 20th, uh, 15th best in offense, 28th in defense. Whereas you compare that to Jacksonville, 19th in offense when Minshew has been starting and absolute dead last in defense, 32nd. So I like Houston minus six and a half in the spot. What do you think, Coulter? Well, I've been picking against jacksonville for a couple of weeks i think that's actually kept me a little bit of float uh, in the middle part of the early season here it's just fading jacksonville i think that defense is terrible and i think mr model put a great handicap as to why this is good value play uh i think the number is going to keep going up as you just mentioned because i i don't see how people are going to jump in on jacksonville i know there's a home team and they beat the Colts at home earlier this year. And I know the AFC South is always kind of shaky. I guess those would be the reasons and the logic. But other than that, I don't, I just don't see it. I mean, Houston talking about a team that's motivated. They have no first round pick. So this is not a team that should be tanking or doing anything other than beating the crap every week. I think they have the better quarterback by a very, very large margin here. Um, and they're coming off a bye. I don't know. I, I, I just, you have to take Houston in this one. I think it's a no brainer. It's not a best bet for me just because of the AFC uh, South factor, you just never know what's going to happen in those weird divisional games, but it's damn near close. I would say it's in my top three or four plays this week. Yeah. Hughes, what do you got? So uh, the line is weird. I, I feel like it should be like eight or eight and a half. I don't know. I, it seems a little low to me, but at the same time, I think that that show, I mean, Houston hasn't showed anybody anything to really get Vegas excited to try and put a big number on the board. This quarterback situation though, the Jags QB I mean, we'll see what he's got to, to bring to the, to the table. It does look like uh, it might rain 
uh, in Jacksonville uh, for, uh, on game day. So that might affect the, the game a little bit, but I would think that the Texans should handle this pretty easily. I mean, from a pedigree perspective, uh, they've been in games this year and it's not like they've, they've been terrible. They have not been, obviously their coach got fired. So they haven't been very good, but they haven't been terrible in my opinion. Uh, so yeah, I'd, ro- I'd roll with the Texans here. Yep. This is actually my key pick here. And again, for the record, I'm not doing the jets and the, the Cowboys cause the Steelers are my actual key pick in our pool. But for this, I am taking the Texans as my key pick here. I'm with Mr. Model in every aspect of this. Just the, the quarterback disparity alone is, is massive. You're getting under a touchdown to have the Texans cover coming off a of bye week. I mean, that's just not enough points. If that spread was nine and a half, maybe 10 and a half, you can maybe consider the Jags. They're just a sinking ship. They're, they're so bad. Even Romeo Cornell as an interim head coach, I think is right now a better coach than Doug Marone. I think the Jags are done. Marone's going to get fired shortly. They're just a dead team walking. And now that they're going to, I, I mean, I don't even know who, where, where'd the quarterback go? Oregon state, Oregon state. Yep. He's a beaver. Jake Lutton. I mean, I, I mean, I've never even heard of the guy. Uh, not that I follow Oregon state football very closely, but this just has got a blowout written all over it. So I, I'm, uh, I'm doing them as my key pick. Okay. Let's get the key pick from Coulter. Yeah. As I mentioned in the previous segment, I'm really uh, good at picking, you know, with and against some of these teams. And I'm just going to do a fade of one of my top eight teams. Clearly I have a good feel for the dolphins this year, and I'm just going to fade this team. Um, I'm taking the Cardinals four and a half here. Uh, I know this seems like one of those mystery games where how could you bet it? Cause you don't know what Tua is. And yeah, I wish I knew more about Tua before jumping into the water here, but nobody knows about Tua. Everybody's doing the same dart throw on this guy while handicapping this game. Nobody knows for sure what we're going to get here. But what I do know here is that the Dolphins box score last week was a Fugazi and it was inflated as Mr. Mata went over earlier in the pod. Um, and talks of them winning the AFC East, I think, are just premature. I really like Brian Flores a lot um, as a head coach, but I don't think this is a coaching mismatch here. And I think it's actually a bad situational spot with the Dolphins going across country to play a Cardinals team that just had a bye week. A Cardinals team that is really high on itself after beating Seattle. They're the only team that beat Seattle this week. So I think they've got to be feeling great in that locker room. Um, I think the public kind of similar to my previous handicap sees a kind of big number with Miami after they just beat the hell out of the Rams uh, last week and not recognizing that it was a great situational spot for them against those Rams. And I think the public takes the points here in this situation. And I just, I'm going to fade the public on this. I think it's a hunch play. Um, Most importantly, I think I outlined it on the podcast and I'm going to just, I'll double down. I'll put two more chips on my pile here. If you guys are the dealers, I'm going to say it again. I don't think the Dolphins are done ruling out giving the reins of this team back to Fitzpatrick. If they want to make a playoff push, I don't know if two is the guy to do it. He looked so limited last week. In the modern NFL, you have to be able to throw over 300 yards a game, every game, every game. I don't know if Tua is there yet. We'll see how the situation plays out. But I don't like to bet on teams where the rest of the roster is compromised by limited to bad QB play. How many times this year have we seen this? We've seen it in Washington. We've seen it in San Francisco. When the quarterback is not playing well, the team starts to quit. We've seen it in Dallas. I mean, this is like, a, I think half the league has suffered from this. Miami's not going to be any different. If, if Tua can't move the chains against Arizona, there might be a revolt on the sideline on Sunday. Best bet for me, Arizona minus four and a half. I know it looks like a confusing line, 
But with the situation I just outlined, I'm going to take a, I'm going to roll the dice and I'm going to take the Cardinals. Hughes, you're not in agreement. You, uh, you taking the Cardinals? Yeah, I like the Cardinals in this spot. Um, for a lot of the same reasons, you know, I think that the, I, I don't know whether it was a product of the Rams just not, again, being totally ready to go for that game last week or what. Tua played terrible. Um, I, I mean, not not that he needed to play well and not that they put him in spots where he was taking a lot of chances, but I do not think that – I think this this Cardinals team for real. Um, I think that this team can, can play with anybody in the NFL. I think the line is – I think the line's you know, I, I think it's fairly well placed. I do think – people are trying to figure out like what the dolphins, you know, bring to the table on a week to week basis. And they, again, they're another scrappy team that I think is going to play hard enough to keep themselves in games. Um, and, and again, I think with Fitz, they do have a better chance, you know, in the fourth quarter, uh, we, we, you know, when the money's on the table, uh, with them with Tua, but at the same time, Tua has been, been in some of the biggest spots that you could ever be in, uh, in, a, in the college game. And I don't think people um, necessarily remember the, some of the positions he was put in when he was at Alabama coming in for Hertz. Uh, and then, you know, really having to kind of bounce back, you know, and reprove himself again after Hertz came in for him. Uh, so I think two is going to, I think two is going to grow into this. I think two is going to be really good. Um, so I, I, I really, I think the Dolphins best footballs, uh, in the future. And I think that the Cardinals are going to handle them pretty easily in this game. Okay. Mr. Model, what do you think? Yeah, no disagreement for me here. I'm on Arizona. I like them in the spot. I'll be rooting for, uh, the Arizona offense to come through and put up some points. Wow. I, I'm the only one here. I'm on Miami. I don't know if I'm ready to crossfire this Crossfire? Uh, fuck it. Let's Kaz, crossfire. Kaz, yeah. You know, Hall, before you do cha-ching, I am going to say this, and it, this is the biggest ego. I'm going to drop my ego here, and I'll just admit it. I Vance Joseph, who is, I think, my public enemy number one after he ran my poor Broncos into the ground, two things, two big games this year. He solved a completely healthy San Francisco offense week one and clearly has a defensive scheme that throws that whole team out of whack, an offense that could run with backups for days. I mean, think how many backups have run for 100 yards for the Niners. They couldn't get going against Arizona. And then Seattle, Russell Wilson, MVP year. They did something that confused Russell Wilson on Sunday Night Football. He threw three picks against them. So, Vance Joseph, I hate this guy. I, I don't think he's that great of a defensive coach, but the Arizona defense, if they can solve Kyle Shanahan's run offense and Russ Wilson and MVP season, I'll bet against him every day of the week. Against I'll bet against Tua every day against the week against those guys. If they can solve Russell Wilson, they can definitely figure out Tua, especially if they have two weeks to prepare for him. You made a lot of really good points. I think I'm only on Miami for pretty much the same reason. I think Brian Flores and that defense is really – coming to play and i don't think and that could be the right handicap honestly i we talk about it i think uh kyler is very limited as a passer and i could be wrong about that maybe they don't get margin on this team because miami keeps him in the pocket he's really limited there i could totally see that you're right i've seen that a couple times with kyler he looks small in the pocket he looks short his passes are batted down. I can definitely see Miami's D giving him a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I'm not comparing Kyler to Jared Goff, but I think those offenses do a lot of similar things when they're shifting the line. They're they're rolling the quarterback out. I think that Flores is going to come up with a game plan to at least limit uh, the, the scrambling ability of Kyler and force him to make those plays. And Kyler can do it, 
Um, I, it's just something about the Miami defense I think is going to come to play. Uh, and he's going to have a really strong game plan. Just he, he, I, based on what I saw with the Rams, they're doing things that they're they're limiting the weapons on the offenses that they're playing. So if you are now forcing Kyler to sit in the pocket and make reads and make throws, that changes things. Uh, so I, I just like Flores' defense. Four and a half, you know, more than a field goal here. So I think that's a lot of points. And like I said, I've been big on road teams uh, over the past couple of weeks. Just looking back at some of these numbers, I've noticed the road teams are winning. This line to me feels like, you know, that's enough for me to, to take a gamble on a, on a Dolphins team. That's pretty hot. And like we all said, maybe in contention, not necessarily for the division. I don't think they're going to win the division, but they are in the hunt for a wild card spot. So we'll see. The biggest wild card, though, is Tua. And we just don't know what we're going to get. He only played one game. So I think it's too early to judge and say, hey, he's terrible. Um, but like you said, he's been in the big games before. He knows how to handle these things. So ah, something about that makes me feel confident. And I'm on Miami. Whether I want to crossfire it or not, Coulter. It makes her a good pod fodder. Yeah. I have to admit, the more we've talked through it, I don't – because you just brought up that Kyler thing. I didn't even think about it in my handicap, which I don't really necessarily love him as a pocket passer. But similar to my Carolina handicap and pretty much is like the basis of all my handicapping is like what happens if Arizona goes up 7 nothing in this game? I just don't trust Tua down 7-0. Like I – does he ever come back and cover? I don't know. I just like I know they did last week, but as Mr. Model said at the top of the podcast, that was a punt return, an interception return, a fumble recovery. I mean, so many yep. things had to happen for them to get comfortable in that game. I do not I don't know what we have in Tua, but I definitely don't trust him down seven, down ten, down fourteen. So this handicap is all about if Cardinals jump out to a seven oh lead. I don't see how they surrender it. I, I trust them to protect it, and I don't trust Tua to erase it. But uh, maybe I'm wrong on that. No, that's fair. I am going to crossfire it for the record. This is going to be a full crossfire for me. Yeah. That'd so, am I crossfiring with all three of you? <laughs> I'm in. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, all right. I think we got to talk about a few other games here. Our uh, six calls to Nikki. Just don't do it. Um, I got a couple on the board. Finally, it's not Thursday night. Thank yeah, God. it's not uh, for me. And I don't know what you guys think, but I, I'm looking at this as the Saints Bucks game. It's just I, I don't know what to make of that game. Vegas zone special. Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that one, Coulter? Uh, and I'm, it's funny. I'm looking at the Arizona Miami now. It's right above it. It's also in the Vegas zone. So, and I, that's been problematic. So I'm getting even worse and worse vibes over the Miami thing. But I'm glad that the team is riding that pick with me. So um, and this one, I have Tampa Bay. I think they're getting healthy with Godwin. You have to. The Brown element, I know he's just coming off the streets, and I, I usually hate this kind of stuff, but if you get a healthy Chris Godwin and a, an Antonio Brown, you're adding them to, to the best team, the second-best team in the league on DVOA. I mean, good Lord. Good luck to New Orleans. This is a team that struggled with the freaking Chargers who suck, and they've struggled with the Raiders. Uh, I got to go Tampa. I got to go Tom. It's just a no-brainer. I love that defense. How many good defensive players does that team have? White, uh, Winfield, they have so many guys who are all over the place. you got to love Sue and, and Pierre Paul as the veterans. I mean, I love that defense they've built down there. Shaq Barrett, that's a great team. I'm going Bucks on that one. Yeah, I, I just don't know what and, to make that one. We've, we've talked about it, too, the fading of the New Orleans locker room, too. I, I, it feels like, to me, that Tampa's now in this rollicking fun phase of their season, whereas, like, New Orleans is just – not having a great time. They barely eking out wins over the bears and Panthers uh, and not covering either of those games either. Hughes, are there any uh, games on the schedule that look a little wonky to you? Um, 
No, I mean, again, I, I think I said earlier, I'm on the Giants. I, I, I don't, I don't know if uh, it's just like I'm a glutton for punishment, but um, I do feel like they're gonna. Th- this game's a prime game for them. Um, I think they're a two and a half point dog uh, to the, the football team, and I, I, I think the football team's not good, but. Um, but I'm on the Giants. That's probably the one this week that I was the um, the most surprised that I really liked. Uh, and then I love the Ravens. I mean, I, I think the Ravens bounce back in a big way. Um, yeah. But at the same time, that line's really odd. Uh, two and a half on the road. I was going to say, I'll, I'll crossfire you at three and a half for the Colts. And that's <laughs> definitely not been my team this year. I'm an anti-Colts guy, but I love that three and a half number. That's a nice juicy one. Interesting. Yeah. I, I think this is a great spot for the Giants, by the way. They own Washington in Washington. It's just it's been a spot that they've consistently dominated and they've looked good. Like we were saying, the Giants have looked frisky. So I love the Giants in that game. Uh, Kaz, model, worried about yeah. the offensive line versus their defensive line. I feel like that's like the biggest mismatch of the entire yeah. of NFC East. I, I was, but that's the same thing that happened, what, three weeks ago when they played? I mean, they, they did dominate the game, but I, I actually, and this is, I never, ever thought I would say this. I think Jason Garrett's actually getting a little creative and they're incorporating a lot of motion and quick line of scrimmage I like reads. I like Gallman coming yeah. into play too for them. I don't know. I just feel like that defensive line may have ruined Jones this season. I, I feel like that's a game where we see the backup at some point for some reason. I, I'm on Washington because I can't get that image out of my head where Jones is on the sideline, not not finishing the game. That's how I yeah. see it. I see it's a certainly, certainly possible. Don't get me wrong, especially if he's turning the ball over. But Mr. Model, are there any uh, six calls to Nikki lines looking at you here? Uh, nothing that I would bring up that's new. Uh, just for the record, uh, you guys probably would be shocked to hear this, but I'm on New Orleans plus five and a half against okay. Tampa Bay. I like them in the spot, and I agree with Hughes. Currently, I'm on the Giants at plus three and a half. I like the points that we're getting there, but totally agree with Coulter's pick uh, or comment. Washington football team defensive line is just animals, and I don't see them uh, you know, being stopped all that much by the Giants offensive line. Yeah. It's going to be interesting. Well, gentlemen, I think if we just I, can call, if I can call Nikki on one and, and, yeah. and Nikki in this situation being Hughes, my, my six calls to Nikki is right now, as I mentioned to you guys yesterday, first go through of this card, I ended up with like only four underdogs. Somehow I hate myself for it, but the Jets are one of them. Talk me out of the seven Colter. and a half. I feel like I'm getting a great number. I'm getting the hook. I'm getting them at home. I don't think New England's very good at all. I love the Jets at seven and a half. Talk me out of it, please. Hughes, Hughes, take it away, man. (laughs) Um, So here's the the interesting thing. I think the Pats win this game. I could absolutely see the Pats winning this game by three. I mean, it's just one of those weird kind of, you know, the Pats aren't, aren't great. I think the Jets, again, if you're the Jets and you're looking at your schedule, what, like, what opportunities do you have to get a win? I mean, and I think the Pats are probably saying the same thing. Yeah. I think the Pats are probably saying the same thing. Um, But I do think, Again, and we've started to hear whispers around the trade deadline. The Pats didn't really make any moves, but there were some whispers of whether they may just say, hey, you know, let's see what we can get in the top 10 of the draft or if we can get there, not really um, necessarily put their, I don't want to say best foot forward, but, you know, that we do start to maybe see Stidham um, coming into games and see what he's got. But I, I think the Pats cover this line. Um, but I could see it. I mean, I, like, I, I would not feel conviction in saying, like, I'm going to go bet the Pats, similar to how, 
Um, I know we, we talk, I talked a little bit of college last week, but similar to how I felt about Michigan last week against Michigan State, it was like 24 points. They ended up losing. I mean, like, it's like one of those, like, th- that's, that is what this Pats Jets game is. It, everybody's seen it one way. You could easily see it go the other way because, yeah, I think <clears throat> depending on what Cam Newton shows up and what New England Patriots defense shows up, I mean, I, I do not have the, the confidence that the Pats are the old Pats and that they can easily cover a full touchdown spread. I think they win the game regardless, but, like, I think it could be closer than people think. Does anyone have anything to add? Because I, I have one other thing, and, and Hughes, feel free to shoot this down too. But like, and actually, everybody just chime in. Like, my logic for this is this is a strictly a player bet on Darnold. I, this is the opportunity for this guy. Forget about his situation with the Jets. Let's just say he is going to get dealt out of New York, and they're going to tra- they're going to draft Trevor Lawrence. This is he's Monday Night Football, biggest rival, Bill Belichick defense, greatest coach of all time. This is the biggest platform Sam Darnold will ever have to get any sort of value for himself in the future. If he wants to be a starting quarterback on another team next year, he has to look good against New England in this spot. Everybody's going to be watching him. If he plays horrible, it's done. The tombstone has already been built. They've already notched in the lettering. All they have to do is put it in the soil. They haven't put it in the soil yet. We're waiting until Monday. He will have a gravestone if he can't cover the spread at least here against this New England team, right? Coulter, don't bet the Jets. Okay. <laughs> you're talking, yeah. you're making logical points here, but Adam Gase is the coach and calling the plays. Okay. That's all I got to say. Is there any chance that they go varsity blues and Darnold just takes control of the playbook, <laughs> spreading it out? I would love that. Listen, I mean, but wait, the question there, though, is are, would they be any better? I mean, I don't know if, if Darnold's even good to begin with. That's going to be the interesting thing. I think the Pats historically have feasted on quarterbacks like this. And, and the one play, the one place he might be able to get them uh, is if he shows a little bit of juice with his legs. Um, again, that seems to have always been the Pats bugaboo with some of these quarterbacks. But I think Gilmore's back. Uh, I saw the most latest report. Um, so I do think the Pats will be in a better spot on defense. Um, I don't know. I, I it, if you want to put put hard earned cash on the Jets, I mean that's that's you can't really be upset if, I mean, it, if, if it ends I'm up. Not, I would else. I would never yeah. I would never crossfire on it. This, it, this it, I rank. I'm doing this. This is I'm the only second time I've done this this season. I've ranked my picks for the week where I feel strongest and where I feel weakest. And this is my weakest, obviously, because it's the Jets. But I I do feel strong enough to take it because a I think it's a a great spot to make up a point on everybody in the pool on a Monday night national televised game where everybody and their mother is going to bet new England just because of the name. And I just, I don't know. And here's the other thing. I know we all just crapped on Darnold and I agree. I don't like this guy at all either, but like, how do we know he's not the best quarterback in this game? I mean, Newton, there could be a little bit of that Tua thing that I was just talking about with Cam Newton. If he's so inept on offense, does, do, 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 is there a revolt in the middle of the game and the, on the sideline to get Newton out of the game? Cause he's so bad. I, it could happen. It's not like it's out of the question. We're talking about grown guys who are playing football together. Like Gilmore wants to win. He's a Super Bowl champion. He's a defensive MVP. He doesn't want to keep sucking on offense. Yeah, I, I will say the the Newton thing, I think he's got the locker room rope that he needs only because they looked good the first couple of weeks. And I think, you know, when I think whenever anybody's seen it work, they're always convinced that they can see it again. And I think that that will be the interesting thing about this Pats team is can they find a way? I mean, again, I didn't, they, they've had the ball. I think I was thinking about talking to my dad about this three times with a chance to win the game. Um, 
down under a touchdown and they've blown all three. Um, and so like, I just, I think that there's guys on that team that think that they can, that this formula can work. And yeah, I, if they start to lose to the jets, you're absolutely right. You could see a complete mutiny and say like, Hey, it's time to figure out what, what else, what else other options we have. But I do think that there's enough guys on that team that will have cams back. Um, as opposed to the young guy where you've got fits. Like if, if you know, you got fits in your back pocket and he's won games, you don't know that with Stidham. I don't think you know that with Hoyer. I don't think there's, that's a, a great point. Hughes. That's a great point those, in either of those guys. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I definitely think that the, the confidence in cam is low and maybe even from cam himself more than anybody, interestingly enough, um, which is going to be the, the piece that they, the only way they win is if he looks like he should when he's playing well. And it seems like he's a momentum guy. I think maybe if they can get it rolling against the jets, they can put up a decent number, but I don't know. We'll see. There's no way the jets are covering this number. I'm sorry. <laughs> There's just no way they have no offense. Their defense is trash. I thought that they would be able to cover almost 20 points. They lost by almost 35 to the chiefs where I've seen a different that, That's offense. the beauty of this handicap is that they just lost. Uh, this is exactly why I was attracted to the jets in the first place. Before I got to all the other points, I just mentioned the first, my first gut instinct with, to go with the jets yesterday was, wow, they didn't cover last week. Nobody is going to want this team. They couldn't even cover a 19 and a half point spread. I'll tell you what, you are a braver man than I. I am not only picking against the Jets, I am actually going to bet money against the Jets. I am fading the Jets, and I'm fading the Cowboys until they burn me. So that's my... I, I, don't, I don't think it's a bad idea. Before we go, though, we, we got to get the Bears pick in, Cass. Do you have <laughs> This is what I can't... So I'm on the Bears right now. I'm actually on the Bears plus three I and a half. Too. I don't Where know why. Dogs this week? I don't know why. <laughs> Minnesota just looked awesome against Green Bay. I think maybe you're getting a little bit of that sentiment carrying over in that line. Detroit, I mean, or excuse me, the Bears probably should have beat, uh, or excuse me, I'm looking, I'm looking at the wrong game. Sorry. Tennessee. Right? They're playing Titans? Titans, yeah. Yeah, five and a half. I'm sorry. I was looking at the wrong line. I'm still on the Bears, though, and I think that they actually hung with the Saints. I think that Matt Nagy, God bless him, he's a fucking terrible offensive coach, and that if only they could just flip a couple of switches on offense, they can score some points. But mostly, I just think Tennessee's a little overrated on defense. So I think they might get an opportunity to put some points up on Tennessee. Yeah, I'm. I'm begr- I would say this is my second least confident game is taking the Bears. Being on the Bears and the Jets are my two least favorite picks of this week for sure. But I just think that Tennessee's coming in a bad schedule spot. I feel like coming off two brutal games, and I just think that defense isn't playing well. And I don't know. I just the whole vibe there is I'm a little off them now after losing last week. Mister Model, my question is: Do I go Costanza? Should I just flip this because I like the Bears? <laughs> yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to end up on Tennessee for sure. I'm on the bears currently right now at minus five and a half. But if you look at the market, it's already moved up to minus six and that's juice. So it's likely going to move up to minus six and a half, probably pretty soon here. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if I end up flipping my pick between now and Sunday and and landing on uh, Chicago minus five and a half in the pool. I can just feel it. I'm going to go 0-9 with the Bears. They're going to be my my just absolute kryptonite and cost me a chance of winning some money in this pool. But all right, gentlemen, we need to just put week eight behind us and let's hope for some wins in week number nine. This was a good episode. Pray for the wins. We'll see everybody next week on Double Down Trend. Baby, look at me. Look at me. Your money. You know what else? You're a big winner tonight. I want to leave. You're a big winner. 
I'm gonna ask you a simple question. I want you to listen to me. Who's the big winner here tonight at the casino? Huh? Mikey, that's oh, who. Mikey's the big winner. Mikey wins. Fucking ass. All right, fine. I'm an asshole, but you know what? You're the big winner tonight, Mikey. You're the big winner in more ways than one.